Welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's podcast. Hello and welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's careers-based podcast, helping you answer that ultimate question of what's next for you and your degree. I'm Greg Chisholm and today's episode is all about graphic design and joining me today to discuss this are Katie Stapleton, who's a mid-weight graphic designer at Marks and Spencers, and Alistair King, who's a freelance designer currently working for Disney. So hi to both of you. Welcome to Working On It. How are you both doing today? Good, thank you. All good. Yeah, great. Great, thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's very much our pleasure. And thank you so much for giving up uh, your valuable time. We know you're incredibly busy people. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later on. But before we properly get into any conversation today, I think it's about time that we see uh, which of the icebreaker challenges we have in store for us today. Icebreaker, 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 let's break some ice now. Icebreaker, icebreaker, yeah. So the icebreaker challenge is something we like to do with all of our guests to, well, you guessed it, break the ice before we get into talking anything and everything about you, your degree and the career path it's taken you on. And today's icebreaker challenge is an oldie but a goldie. And that's right, folks, it's back. The original icebreaker challenge where we ask our guests a set of random questions and see how many they can answer in the randomly allotted time of 77 seconds. Um, and, you know, if there is a leaderboard. Uh, you will be on there. And it, you know, in some ways determines what's the best degree. So let's see if graphic design can get on the top there. So what do you say, guys? Are you up for it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the enthusiasm is just pouring out. Okay, okay. Let's, let's go. So who's going to go first, Alistair or Katie? Um, it's up to you, Katie. I don't mind. Uh, uh, you could go first. Okay, I'll go <laughs> first. Both, being, both <laughs> being very polite there. So we're going to have Alistair first, then Casey. So if you're both ready, your time will start now. How much is too much money for a sausage roll? Um, I, I don't know, one pound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Katie, favourite flavour of ice cream? Chocolate. Alistair, can there be more than one leader? Yes. Uh, Katie, do you think you can jump higher than a frog? Yes. Uh, Alistair, if you were a biscuit, which one would you be and why? Uh, digested because I just like I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Katie, skinny fit or flair? Flair. Okay, uh, Alistair, who would you thank first if you won an Oscar? My mum. Oh, and Katie, if Peter had seven siblings, two dogs and 11 guinea pigs, how many letters are in his name? Five. <laughs> <Well> <laughs> Alistair, if you were a Jedi, what colour would your lightsaber be? Uh, blue. Very nice. And Katie, tell us your best joke. Oh, God. No, oh, I can't do on. that. The, <laughs> the okay. pressure. This is my first ever podcast. I can't be doing these spontaneous <laughs> things. <laughs> OK, Alistair, which way around should toilet roll go on the holder? Um, I don't know. Top? I, I don't know. That's a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one. It is a weird one. I've been giving the signal that that is time up. So thank you, guys. Yeah, some tough questions there, without a doubt. I mean, that's interesting. You know, can you jump higher than a frog? Well, you know, obviously you can, but I suppose is it proportional, you know, in relation to their own height? And yeah, um, why blue, Alistair? Is there any is there any connection there to anything in particular? Um, blues, I guess, is generally my favourite colour. So... I guess that's why I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, so I wouldn't know. I know there's blue and red in the <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, does that make you evil uh, or not? I don't, I don't I know. I think 
I, I think evil's red. I think evil's. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Wicked. Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, and the toilet roll one. Yeah, I saw I saw a <laughs> meme that was like uh, beards are cool, mullets aren't cool, meaning that you know if the toilet roll goes down the back, that's the mullet. But yeah, it's uh-huh. um, yes, it's down to personal preferences. Is it? Uh, well, thank you so <laughs> much for your answers there, guys. And no jokes coming to mind, Katie. It's, <laughs> still, it's a tricky still blank. one. Yeah, fair play. I mean, the only things that come to my mind when I ask that is stuff that you know shouldn't be on a podcast. So let's let's <laughs> move on. Thank you for participating guys so as i mentioned uh, before today's episode is all about a degree in graphic design and before we start chatting about the incredible roles you've gone into and the amazing work you've been doing i wanted to ask you both first you know what what was the lead up to that where were you before you decided to go to a, do a degree in graphic design you know what led you to choosing to study that discipline so i think if i can go to you first katie if that's all right what was the lead up for you um, I just kind of really fell into it like I was always quite creative and preferred that kind of thing at school um, and then when I went to college was kind of just picking A-levels and it just kind of naturally swayed to go for like I didn't really know what graphic design was to be honest but I remember going on the open day and thinking they were designing like magazines and things like that and I thought it looked quite fun and then I also done photography, which I thought would be more my bag. But um, yeah, graphic design was the one that I really enjoyed. Like I really quite took to it and um, enjoyed it as a subject. And then my teacher, who at the time taught us graphics, um, advised that before going to uni, it would be great to do an art foundation year, which is like a foundation diploma. Yeah. Um, so I went on to do that after my A levels, and then. Um, that led me to Nottingham Trent. It just, it just all kind of was advised from other people, and I just kind of went with the flow. Like it was never a big decision. I just kind of went for it. You know what? That is amazingly common that we hear that kind of thing from people. That yeah, there wasn't necessarily massive amounts of uh, huge conscious decision making. No. And you, you followed what your interests were and the things yeah. that you enjoyed. And I think you know, there's an awful lot to be said for that. To you know, recognise what you enjoy because if you enjoy it, then you know, it doesn't really feel like work. Um, you know it's something that you can engage with and you you know you probably do a better job if you're passionate about it as well Uh, but really interesting to hear that you know there were influential people you know those tutors who gave you well really good advice really about doing that foundation and pursuing the things that you're interested in that's great and you know I'm guessing you've not regretted that decision to, to go into that subject area no no not at all I think it's really rare that you actually study a subject that you then go to work in but I just it just as I say just kind of rolled with it I just enjoyed it and that's just the avenue I went down but it's quite lucky in hindsight that that happened. Yeah it's a really good point actually people don't necessarily always just follow that clear linear path I've studied this then I go into this career you know there is quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of change can happen along the way and actually what we do know is that um, you know you develop so many transferable skills within uh, studying a discipline like graphic design that it does open up an an awful lot of different options for you Um, and you know we know that the graduate employment market offers um, opportunity to students from all kinds of different disciplines um, Mm. that you might not naturally expect as well so um, thanks ever so much Katie that's really interesting and, and Alistair what's your story then how did you start on that pathway and choose graphic design um yeah when I was younger I always had a liking for like painting and drawing and I feel like when you're that age you almost don't know exactly what you want to go into but I always knew that that was what I was good at and what I enjoyed so at school I did an art GCSE and then I went to college originally I was going to do A-levels 
but I went to the open day and then one of the tutors persuaded me to look at the BTEC in art and design. So while doing that, it let you experiment on like painting, photography, textiles, um, graphic design. And weirdly enough, I chose to do fine art originally. Right. Okay. So went to Trent. I got into Trent. As soon as I got there, I realized that it wasn't really the avenue for me because I felt like I worked better with a brief. So I contacted the graphic design department at Trent. And then the next year I switched to graphic design. So it was a, a different journey. But yeah, I, I definitely don't regret it. It's been it was the best decision I made. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great, really, that you're highlighting that that kind of thing does happen, that, you know, your decisions mm. aren't set in stone necessarily. There is a pathway to change your mind, really, uh, while you're at university. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, when you were on fine art, what was your kind of, was there a particular style that you had or a particular kind of painting that was your preferred medium or anything like that? Um, I was really into, like, portraiture. So I used to, like, do a lot of, like, biro drawings and paintings. And it was very much you could literally do whatever you wanted. So you were never really briefed to do a specific project. And I think that was what I struggled with. I needed something to work from. Um, sure. Everyone's different. Everyone needs a certain thing to make them tick, let's say. And I knew I needed to work from a brief. So from there, before I got into graphics, I still had to like interview for the degree. Um, I taught myself how to use the basics of the software. So Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff, because you need those skills to get onto the degree. So yeah, I just went onto YouTube and just taught myself the basics. And that definitely helped me get on the course as well. So Oh, that's brilliant. I think, um, you know, that's something we would definitely recommend to people is that self-directed learning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got, uh, there's a fantastic resource that um, NTU students have free access to, which is LinkedIn Learning. And yeah, you can mm-hmm. do all sorts of, you could do Photoshop courses from very, very basic up to very advanced on there as well. Um, so yeah, uh, great that you've done that. And I think, you know, it's great that we can highlight that, yeah, you can change your mind. It's been a bit of a graphic design day for me today. I've been doing a little presentation for prospective students with a, a graphic design student and advising a graphic design student this morning on trying to get placements and the one I spoke to uh, earlier today was talking about their buildings the Waverley building how great it is the facilities all those kind of things so yeah graphic design looks like a fantastic course as well I mean maybe that's something you guys could just give me a little taste of is the highlights of the course is there anything that's come into mind? Um, What springs to mind the most is in like first year I think they really push you to like experiment with stuff so I remember I had a project where they gave us about 100 squares of paper and we had to do like random cutouts and just stick pictures cut out onto these papers and you had to do 100 of them in a week and not many people (laughs) finished it because it was quite a lot and yeah there was little projects like that they were trying to test us and think outside the box and not like go from A to B because in general in design you don't do one design and then that's it generally you might have to do some amends so it taught us how to experiment Oh, fantastic. And yeah, you know, I I really like the point that you're making there that some of the tasks are, well, yes, they're they're maybe to assess you, but they're also opportunities to develop skills you will use in your day to day lives as potential graphic designers. You don't just come up with one design and then that's it. It's done and everybody's happy with it. It's this, Mm. there's a real kind of ongoing evolving process when you're designing something. Is that something you've experienced as well, Katie, as a designer, you know, how many times you you go back to the client and um, have to adapt things? 
oh yeah everything's on like version 20 (laughs) before it goes anywhere yeah it's crazy and it's so different from when you're a student you'll present to your peers and like tutors and get their kind of feedback and then when you're at work it's like there's such a process of sign-off um of people that need to see everything before it goes live presentations with like your tutor group is like a very good setup for what it's like when you're just in the office having to always kind of presenting your work and getting feedback and yeah there's always many many rounds of um amends and feedback but you know it means it's better in the end there's echoes of that in what we advise people with regards to tailoring their CV or tailoring what they show to what the audience wants. And it's a slightly different thing to what you might want to put out there naturally yourself. Yeah. You might have to go away from that. I think, actually, I'm going to give this employer what they want to see rather than directly what I would say about that. We're going to have a look at your work in a little bit more depth in a moment, if that's OK. But just something else that you mentioned, Katie, about the idea of having to present to people as well. It's not just um, it's not just designing. It's actually mm. it's pitching isn't it is pitching what you do and yeah it's actually a really big part of the job like um is being happy to yeah present your work present like the thinking behind it and communicating it well to your client or whoever you know you're in the room with but just being quite happy to do that but I was talking to someone about it yesterday at work actually and she works in marketing and she was like, you're really confident presented. And I said, but we just have to do it all the time. Yeah. And everyone's looking at the screen. No one's actually looking at me. So <laughs> it's fine. But it is a skill that you develop and get better at. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's your enthusiasm and passion for your work and your ability to articulate where it's come from. It's, you know, they're critically important things as well as obviously that fantastic visual product that you produce as well. So fab. Okay, well, let's just move on then uh, in terms of what you're both doing now and explore that in a little bit more detail so I said in the introduction Katie you're working as a midway graphic designer at M&S and Alistair you're working as a freelance designer at Disney so I'm really interested in that um, you know the different kind of pathways that you guys are pursuing Um, but maybe you could just kind of give us a a tiny little overview of what you're involved with at the minute what your role involves I'll come to you first um, Alistair if that's all right so what's going on for you at the minute? Um, Yeah so I joined Disney I think it's been about five months now and I work specifically on Disney Plus. So I design for the service um, and it could be general ads on social media to push numbers because the goal is to always get subscriber rates up because we are trying to compete with Netflix. So that's the real end goal. We also do updates on the website UI. Um, We also do like key art creation, yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff we do. It's, it's really broad, isn't it? I mean, that's something yeah. that I wouldn't necessarily have thought um, before. That actually, all the different areas you're involved in, and the different departments you need to satisfy and collaborate with, and the different yeah. drivers and stuff like that, and be able to be flexible in terms of your output as well. And yeah, yeah, versatile, I would guess as well. Um, that's it. So, Katie, tell us a bit about what you do at MS and um, well, first of all, you know, there's this term midweight graphic designer. What, what what does that mean? Just kind of um, when you obviously go into the industry, you'd most likely be a junior and it's just like a ladder up, just kind of like different um, levels or experience. And then you'd go on to senior, then maybe creative lead um, and then like a design director or something like that. But it's just like a ladder up. <laughs> yeah. And what would be the kind of key differences between a junior and a midway in terms of their responsibilities or the stuff that they yeah, would do? Yeah, just experience. Because when you're a yeah. junior, everyone knows it's your, you know, most likely your first job in the creative industry. 
Um, so you quite a lot of the time would be, I guess, gaining knowledge from others or um, shadowing. And obviously we still do a lot of designing. But um, the nice thing is, is you're kind of like the youngest, the freshest out of uni. You've probably got the most like up to date skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good um, point. And you get to work on really cool things. But um, yeah, it's just different levels of experience. You're giving me the impression that it's actually really quite nice to kind of go into that industry at an entry level and, like you say, be fresh, but not have massive amounts of responsibility in terms of the overall creative direction, for example. Is, yeah. that, is that true? Do you yeah, you are looked yeah. after. That's what it is. You, you know, there's always someone kind of um, overseeing what you're doing and like helping you and teaching you or you can learn a lot from your colleagues really quickly um I went into my first job on like a grad scheme kind of situation um and then I went on to be a junior which was really nice because I kind of just had like a year to understand the working world try lots of different roles in the business all creative and then really focus on being like a graphic designer yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? Getting a chance to have a taste of lots of different areas and understand an organisation as well by seeing all these different areas, but then seeing what your specialism will be and where you can focus. Yeah. So was that, I mean, I've, I've been stalking your LinkedIn profile. Was that with <laughs> Pentland Brands? Yes, yes. So there's a, um, at Pentland Brands, they have a thing called Design Pool, which is basically all new kind of grads um, and you get like a year's contract and you move around the business in different departments. They're all creative. Um, so it could be like in the creative agency as a graphic designer. Um, you could go and work with one of their brands as like a product designer or doing like print and pattern for some footwear. Like it was a, a real mix of jobs and roles. Wicked. That sounds really, mm. really good. I mean, it's um, something that a lot of students are thinking about at this very time is grad schemes and that process that you need to go through. Maybe you could tell us a bit about that application process, Katie, and what that was like for yourself. Yeah, I was really lucky with Design Pool, actually, that I was lucky enough with uni to go to New Designers, which is like a exhibition in London. It goes on for about a week. All different unis have like stands there with different designers kind of showing their portfolio. Um, And a guy that I spoke to there um, put me forward for an interview for Design Pool. And then I went for the interview and luckily got the job. Um, which was a real shock. I found out like the day of my graduation and I was a bit like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it's well, amazing, that's kind of perfect timing, isn't yeah, it, really? <laughs> I was really, like, really, really lucky, you know, like right time, right place kind of thing. And the people that hired me, I actually even saw last night. So I still kept in touch with all of them. Like it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, uh, luckily went straight into that in like the September. And um, it was the perfect like first job out of uni. Oh, that's so good. And, you know, uh, New Designers, I went last year. It's an amazing event. Highly recommend that to anybody listening. Go or exhibit if you possibly can. See the talk, speak to people there, network, which is exactly what you've done. And, you know, it's resulted in the the beginnings of a fantastic career. So, yeah, really, really good stuff. I mean, um, you know, Alistair, you're following the freelance pathway. Tell me how that's been for you, because I think, you know, that's um, something that we know creatives across the School of Art and Design, it's likely to be uh, part of what they do. How did that work out? for you um I think with freelance it's always best to go into a full-time job first personally just to learn the field and how things are done in the processes and then to go freelance I think it's all about putting yourself out there getting your contacts up and setting yourself up with a website and a domain and 
I guess making sure you've got connections because if you go into the freelance world and you don't have that, then it's going to be hard to get clients and get on projects. But overall, I started in um, a real estate company as the sole designer. So that was my first proper job outside of uni. So I think being a sole designer is really cool because I worked on everything. So website was important. Social media presence was important. So I had to be churning out designs quite often to ensure they're getting a lot of buyers for houses and stuff like that. And then I went to Sky soon after. So Sky, I was a junior designer. So I worked on Sky Sports, Sky Movies, Sky Broadband. So a lot of advertising, big like out home billboards and um, quite a few animations as well. So, yeah, I've worked on quite a broad spectrum of things. Um, So I think I chose freelance now because I'm ready for it. And although I'm a freelancer at Disney, it's more, they call it like permulance. So I'm on a freelance contract, but it's like, basically, I feel like I'm full time. That makes sense. Because, yeah, yeah, they always treat freelancers like a long term. They want to keep you for a while. Okay, you know, that's super interesting uh, advice you've given there about getting a start in uh, something that's, you know, maybe a little bit more stable, a little bit more predictable. I mean, it must be a real buzz for both of you when you see your work out there in the wide world and, you know, on TV or uh, on the Internet or on a billboard even. What what have been your favourite things that you've worked on? What are the things you're sort of proud of or most enjoyed doing? Yeah, I think when I moved over to M&S, that's something that I actually really found quite satisfying is that obviously M&S has a huge fleet of stores and also everything's online. So there's there's so many places that your design has to work um, in different formats and actually like going to store and seeing your work in a window and stuff is really exciting and <laughs> it makes it kind of all feel worth it and at the start when it feels like a distant memory when it actually launches it's really nice to go to store and have a look around and see it all and then when you go on Instagram and see that they've put the launch of it up just the launch day is always exciting yeah but just that feeling of I did that look at that everyone can see this and it's my amazing work out there I just think wow that's so good that's such a great thing to have and what about you Alistair what have you really enjoyed um recently um I don't know if you saw any advertising but David Beckham had a show on Disney called Save Our Squad oh yeah yeah I've heard of it yeah yeah um so I was lucky enough to design in FIFA the game they let me design a football shirt in the game no way oh my god that's incredible so (laughs) that shirt's releasing today on FIFA so I'm gonna try and get it but that for me is like a big, probably my favourite thing I've done because I'm a big football fan. So and I play FIFA. So that's that really is, cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, FIFA. This, you know, the audience for that is insanely big. Uh, yeah. Who's your favourite football team? Just out of interest. I'm um, a Manchester United fan. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Unfortunately. <laughs> No, yeah, we won't we won't go too far into that uh, conversation. Yeah. But what we will ask you, who's going to win the World Cup? Who do you think, Katie? I'm hoping England. I'm going to the pub tonight to watch, so oh, they better excellent. win. Yeah, yeah, me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. We're cross fingers. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. 
Okay, so I mean, yeah, just in terms, you know, thank you for telling us about that um, incredible thing you're involved in there, Alistair. And I will just give a little plug for Katie's work that I've seen on LinkedIn. It looks truly incredible what you're doing there with that advent calendar. I just, I love it. It feels just glossy and luxury and cool. And yeah, so uh, check it out. Go and have a look at Katie's uh, profile on LinkedIn. I mean, while we're on that subject, you know, LinkedIn is something that we advise a lot of students to be involved with, to have a profile on. But, you know, apart from LinkedIn, are there any other platforms, social platforms that you'd recommend for graphic designers? Uh, It's a question we get asked quite a lot. I think just even to find inspiration, browsing on Instagram is amazing. Like obviously you can cater who you follow. Um, It doesn't have to be all influencers. You know, you can follow some really cool people or like other agencies. And Instagram is like the one social media that I know some people, it drives them crazy, but I really enjoy it. It's like the way that I get loads of inspiration and references and like scrolling for Instagram, I normally find it quite fun. Like I've got a good list of people I follow. (laughs) Yeah, you need to curate that list, I guess. But yeah, okay. So Instagram, great platform for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, Any others that you you would, I mean, uh, Alistair, you're out there as a freelancer, you know, are you across various platforms um yeah i think a big one is pinterest as well for inspiration also places like behance as well yeah um a lot of designers use that to just create a profile and put their work on there and then a lot of work can come from there um and i think instagram as well yeah Okay, I mean, what we what we do see on a lot of social platforms, you kind of alluded to it already, is you can put your work out there for other people to find. Something that's worth touching on is the idea of the portfolio as a graphic designer and how important that is. And, you know, the CV is something we talk to students about a lot, but, you know, how do you guys feel about portfolios and how important they are and any kind of tips, tricks, advice uh, relating to portfolios? Yeah, I guess super important, like more than your CV, because for us, like that's what people want to see. Um, mm. It's amazing if you can keep it up to date. I'm not the best at doing that. But um, if it was like, say, purely a digital agency, then maybe lead with your more digital work, because that's like realistically what you'd be working on there. Yeah. Um, good to show what you're into, though, like if it's something that's slightly different from what they do, but it's really something you're passionate about, then it's nice for them to get a bit of a view on the kind of different skills that you would have compared to other people. Um, yeah, just kind of make sure the projects that are in it are ones that you really love and you're really confident in. Yeah. And then you'll find them so easy to talk about because it's something that you know and love. Yeah. And your passion and enthusiasm yeah. will come over when you when you are discussing it. Yeah, I like that. You've got to show yourself, haven't you, rather than just being a kind of cipher that just totally aligned with them. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thanks, Katie. Any thoughts from yourself on that, Alistair? Yeah, I think the portfolio is probably the biggest, most important part. It's important to like make it easy to navigate through and I think it's important to like explain each project and talk about your thinkings and how you got to your final outcome and yeah it's just it's like a sketchbook you like sketchbooks at uni and your website is like a simplified version of that in a way yeah, I think that's really great advice there I think you know yeah make it easy to access and easy to use you know you can't underestimate a time poor employer thinking oh I just I can't deal with this and disregarding things so yeah I definitely agree with that and yeah to be able to articulate how you arrived at an eventual design or an eventual product you know the employer wants to know that working uh, they want to know how you think and how you operate it's it's like a maths question isn't it it's not just yeah. the eventual answer it's how did you get there so yeah I think that's super super advice so thank you so much for what you've both had to say about that 
okay listen guys it's been so interesting to talk to you and we could carry on for ages to be fair but we haven't got time unfortunately so we're going to have to wrap things up but we've got one last question for you and this is something we do with everybody at the end of the podcast is ask our guests to name one song that describes or reminds them of their career journey so far. So we've had some interesting ones so far. We've had Highway to Hell. We've had Burning Down the House. We've had <laughs> Easy Like Sunday Morning. What do you guys Easy think? Easy Like so, Sunday Morning is a good one. God, that's yeah. a dream career. Like, who was that and what job have they got? I want that. Um, so I'll go to you, Alice. I'll put you on the spot. So what do you okay. think? Well, I was scrolling through my playlist earlier. Just a song called By Any Means by Georgia Smith. Okay, and it's just it. about going through like tough times, like the times where you maybe were applying for loads of roles and you weren't getting anywhere. But then with that persistence, eventually somebody will take you on and give you that experience. Nice. Yeah. Great suggestion. Love a song with meaning. Um, and what about you, Katie? Um, I also had a scroll on Spotify and the first one I saw that really resonated was Adele, I Drink Wine. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I love my job, but by a Friday, everyone is ready, like half five to log off and hit the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's time to relax, enjoy yourself and forget about work a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. And I should say all of these songs are available on our Working On It Spotify playlist. So do check that out. But sadly, that's all we have time for today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. And you've said some amazing things, some incredible advice for people an inspiration, really. So, um, you know, I'm going to thank you on behalf of uh, all of our listeners. And really just to say um, that's all we have time for today. So thank you so much, Katie and Alistair. And thank you to you guys for listening as well. This has been the latest episode of Working On It. So if you enjoyed it, please do check out our other episodes, subscribe, leave a review and recommend us to your family and friends. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.